fundraising case for support. I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Dr. Tim Seiler. Tim, as you know, the longtime director of the fundraising school and still a cherished member of our faculty. And he's also the author of chapter 13 of the new edition of Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition, which came out in the year 2022. And Tim's chapter is Articulating Your Case for Support. And Tim, great to have you with us. And you've written in previous editions about the 14-step fundraising cycle. And the very first step is the fundraising case for support. Why is this so important? Well, thanks for having me, Bill. Uh, and thanks for the, the introductory remarks. Uh, the, the case for support, in, in my mind, is the rationale for a nonprofit organization to ask people for, for funding support or philanthropic support. It's the justification for asking. Um, it's, it's the very reason for the organization's existence. Uh, it's why the organization exists, and it exists because nonprofit organizations solve problems or meet needs. Those problems are external in the community. Those needs are external in the community. And I'd like to circle back to that difference here in just a little bit. Uh, so, but, but to summarize, I'd say the case of support is your why. And I believe that donors want to give to organizations when they understand why they're doing what they're doing. I think the why is more important than the what. Uh, and as I've, I quoted Simon Sinek in that uh, chapter, uh, his famous book about start with why, even in the business world, uh, he talks about the importance of values. And I believe that's what philanthropic fundraising essentially all about is, is values, matching values of an organization, what it's trying to do with the values of the people whom it's trying to attract to help us to accomplish what they together want to accomplish. So that's kind of a summary of why I think this cycle starts there um, and basically circles back to it because the 14th step, as we both know, is stewardship of contributed resources. And good stewardship puts you in a position to ask for donors to give again or funders to give again and in order to encourage them or invite them to give again, I think you need to remake the case. And Tim, in the United States alone, there are 1.5 million nonprofits. That doesn't include the religious congregations. If we did, that would be about 2 million nonprofits. And again, that doesn't even account all the other nonprofits across the world. How does the fundraising case for support help me set my nonprofit apart when I'm approaching donors who are hearing from several nonprofits in any given year? Well, that's a really good question, Bill. And, and if I had a definitive answer to that, I'd write a whole book uh, about how the nonprofits can do this. But the, essentially what you're trying to do is distinguish yourselves from others who might be doing similar kind of work. So how might you do that? And one of the ways, there, there are multiple ways that an organization might do that, but it might be their particular board. Uh, uh, board of directors, board of trustees, board of governors, uh, the strength of the leadership. Uh, that might be what attracts certain donors to your organization that would rather support you than another organization. And by the way, uh, donors, as we know, don't make either or choices. They usually make both and. Uh, so they will support multiple organizations. So your board, strength of your board, strength, experience, expertise of your staff might be another component that would attract people uh, to your organization. Uh, your plan uh, really your, your, your short-term and your long-range plan for what you're going to accomplish and why it's going to make a difference in the community for uh, beneficiaries of the nonprofit's work, but also the, the, uh, the larger community. 
And remember, you know, in making a case for support, there are various motivations that people uh, will choose to support an organization. One is they just want to be affiliated with your organization, or they want to be affiliated with the people who are associated with your organization, staff and and um, volunteer leaders, for example. Um, they may want to they may want to accomplish social change, and your organization may be a powerful social change agent. Um, I would say also that there are some donors who might want to support you because you are protecting status quo. Um, you're already a, a, a powerful, strong um, organization having great impact in the community. People want to affiliate with that. They want to belong to that. Um, people associate or, or are motivated by status, uh, by intellectual interest. Um, you know, people might support a public library, for example, because of the services that library provides in the community. Uh, not just they check out the books, but it's a computer center, it's a social center, uh, it's a place for children to congregate. So many reasons uh, that motivate people and, and how you distinguish yourself um, is a critical question in defining your case for support or expressing your case for support. But um, it's, it's an ongoing search, I think, and maybe we never find one definitive answer to that. And, and Tim, you're doing such a great job describing the importance of this tool, the fundraising case for support. It's a tool actually with many parts, and you describe those in detail. We're not going to do that in the podcast. We want people to go read the chapter. But you describe 10 components of an effective fundraising case for support. If you could just talk about those maybe in a macro level to help us understand why we have these components and maybe with a few specific examples from that list of 10. The, uh, I, would, I would argue that the most important component of your case for support is the organization's mission statement. That's the why you do what you do. Uh, following the mission statement, I would argue you probably need to follow with your planning program, uh, which would include your, your goals and your objectives, what you're trying to accomplish for the organization, why that's going to make a difference to donors and to the, to, uh, excuse me, the community overall. Um, then I mentioned board earlier because who is on your board is sometimes a signifier to funders and donors that this is an organization that knows what it's doing and has attracted high quality volunteer leadership. Uh, the staff might be an attractive element for some donors because they look at expertise and, and accomplishment and, and experience and that's what people might want to support. Um, your financial picture overall, I think, is an important component in the case. Um, you may, you, your organization might have some earned income. You might have some fees for service. You want to, you want to put that all together in what the overall organizational budget is, because you put those pieces in place. It helps you to make the argument for uh, philanthropic sources of income, because usually the fees for service and even the government grants, if there are such, even adding those two together, don't always get you to the black bottom line that you're looking for as opposed to a red bottom line. So philanthropy might make that difference. That would be another important component. Um, so those are some of the highlights I would I would select out of that list of 10, but I wouldn't overlook any of them. Yeah, I and mean, we want people to dive into the chapter to get those details. And Tim, at the very start of the chapter, you distinguish between a fundraising case for support and a fundraising case statement. The fundraising case for support, as you describe it, where my mind goes is I, I think of an electronic file that says fundraising case for support, and then there are files within that with each of these 10 components. It's kind of a portfolio of information. But then we get to a fundraising case statement, and that is a very direct statement. 
of a fundraising case uh, to a donor, to a foundation, to a corporate supporter, and so forth. Can you help us understand the difference between the fundraising case for support and the fundraising case statement? You gave a great summary of it. A case for support, in my mind, is, is a universal database of all the information that you can glean, put together uh, to make your argument for why you deserve philanthropic support. And by the way, I think that wording is significant. It's not why you need money. It's why you deserve philanthropic support. Uh, so that's the case for support. Uh, I like the phrase case expressions as a synonym for case statements, mm. because how you express your case, as you outlined or articulated, how you express your case to a corporate funder will probably look somewhat different from how you express that case to an individual major gift donor or to a first time donor whom you're trying to uh, um, uh, attract to your organization for the first time. Uh, those are gonna look a little different. They're gonna sound a little different. Uh, what they will all have in common is the organization's mission statement because that's the value statement. And that's what we hope will be the most attractive piece. Um, I quote in the chapter, Andy Brommel from Campbell and Company who talks about the case for support. Um, and he talks about your case for support is essentially is a set of messages. And that may be a way to distinguish case for support versus case statements or case expressions. It's the various ways, the various messages you use to articulate that case for support. That would be one of the uh, distinctions I would make. And you give us a very intriguing example with a cancer hospital that uh, we can try to learn from and adapt to our own individual nonprofit organizations. Uh, help our audience understand that, please. Okay, yeah, that's one of my favorite things. I, I came across this in a magazine, uh, and uh, it's from the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, and it caught my eye because the, the four huge words on the page, they are the thrill of defeat. And for those of us who are uh, old enough to remember the wide world of sports on television, uh, the voiceover when that program came on was, the, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, and they've taken this and turned it around. They've inverted it to the thrill of defeat. So that caught my eye. And I read the text. There's, there's about 80 words in small print that are the essence of the text. But it talks about the team who are working on cures for cancer. And uh, I'll, I'll just quote the very last sentence on that text because this is a, such a great summary. It says, that is the art of defeating cancer. And here we have it down to a science. I just think that's brilliant. It, it brings art and science together, which is what medicine does. And I think that's what fundraising does. It brings art and science together. There's a science of fundraising. There's an art of fundraising. And the reason I like that so much is I used it as an example of how to get people's attention through your case statements or your case expressions. Yeah. Take something commonly accepted and play with it a little bit, turn it upside down. Um, it'll get people's attention. Once you have your attention, you can move through the next sequence of getting them interested and hopefully then ultimately getting them involved in your organization. And that case expression, that case statement grabs their attention and as they want more information, then we go to the case for support. And that's where all those file folders are, electronic file folders with all that different information about our board, our staff, our programs, our results, our history, uh, and so forth that Dr. Seiler uh, lists in great detail uh, in chapter 13 of Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition, articulating your case for support. And Tim, I know that uh, you also have kind of an acronym that you like to use to, to sum this up, and yes. it just happens to be CASE. 
It does. And this came from a participant in a fundraising school course many years ago. Um, I, I attributed this to him. His name is Jim Muling. Uh, it's not in the current chapter. It was in previous chapters. But Jim and I were colleagues for a while. Uh, and he asked me during the course, he said, so what a way to summarize all these major components and case support, case for support, case statement, would, would, would the word case itself be a good way to summarize this? And here's what he suggested. So think of case, C-A-S-E. So C, cause at hand. A, action required. S, statement of goals and objectives. And E, expected results. And I thought that was just such a handy little summary or mnemonic for case. And we can expand upon that summary with the wonderful wisdom and expertise in teaching from Dr. Tim Seiler in chapter 13 of Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition, Articulating Your Case for Support. Uh, as I mentioned, Dr. Seiler led the fundraising school for two decades, and we're doing all we can uh, to support and build upon and honor his legacy as we continue to uh, grow the fundraising school. We have more than 20 public courses. Uh, they're available in person more often in more locations, but still also online. You're telling us you fell in love with online courses. We have them for you. Asynchronous, meaning recorded, or synchronous, meaning virtual. So lots of different options to take our courses and earn our four certificates. We also have custom training. This, this is training we can design especially for you your nonprofit, your association, your region in the United States and anywhere across the world, again, either in person or online. We have our quarterly webinars. We have these free weekly podcasts and all of that material is informed by the textbook, Achieving Excellence in Fundraising. All this available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. So grateful to our guest today, Dr. Tim Seiler. Our producers are Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.